Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of the Fish Tank Guy podcast. For those of you who have listened to episode number one and two, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, welcome, just regular welcome to the podcast. And uh, for those of you who do not know, I ramble on about random stuff, talk about a little fish stuff, talk to you about Fish of the Week, answer some questions, and we have a good time. I sit here and I talk to myself, pretending I'm talking to you guys and you're actually listening, all five of you. It's lovely to have such a large listenership audience. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so a couple days ago, what we have for Halloween... That was that was pretty fun. I don't know about where everybody is located, uh, whereabouts in the world or the United States, but here in good old Erie, Pennsylvania, it was a nice crisp 38 degrees on a Halloween night. So yeah, needless to say, it was pretty cold, but uh, we had a good time going around with the kids, and uh, we actually got to hand out some candies. Because it was so cold, we had uh, folks bowing out early. Now, when I was a kid, I would have been running the entire time, going to every house, right up until when people were shutting their lights out. But nowadays, you know, candy must be an easily attainable commodity because back in the day, I mean, you need to stockpile that up for the whole year. And um, this year, we actually went around with a family, a large family. They're they're foreign, um, but we went around with a large family. You know, our daughter and their daughter are buddies and they hang out at the bus stop or whatever. So we went around with their family and at first my wife and I were like, oh man, are we going to have to go slow to accommodate all of these small children and parents who are trying to make their two-year-olds walk the entire way? (laughs) Just pick them up and put them in a wagon. You don't, this is not the time. Halloween night. When you're trying to get as many houses as you can and it's 38 degrees is not the night to enhance your children's walking skills. (laughs) Save it for at home. Anyway, luckily we didn't have to, we were able to break off with a smaller group and we were able to get ahead and we didn't have to, we didn't have to walk really slowly or wait up the entire time. So that was kind of nice. But one of the little girls that was in our group actually at one point, when we were maybe halfway, I would, like we went down to the end of the block and we came back. And there were side streets and we could have done those, but everybody was too cold. I I wasn't too cold. I mean, I was cold, but I would have done it. I would have sucked it up, right, for another Reese's or a Kit Kat. But one of the little girls that was with us, like after, I don't know, 30 houses was like, I think I have enough candy now. <laughs> Oh, well, geez. Aren't you special? You must get candy all the time. Oh, I think I have enough candy. This is a good good amount of candy for me. I'm just going to walk. Okay. So anyway, Halloween was good. That was fun. Um, yeah, it's getting cold here. Cold weather season is upon us. For me, it's not a big deal. I don't mind the, the change in seasons. Yeah, it is tough going outside when it's freezing. But for my wife, you would think that uh, the world was coming to a catastrophic end. She just does not handle the cold well. Um, she'll end up taking a hot bath almost once a day in the winter just because she'll get home from work 
and she says she can't warm up and the house isn't warm enough and she needs to take a bath so that's kind of her routine in the winter and me i just deal with the snow the best that i can go out use the snow blower every now and then and it's about it i live in a neighborhood now where i have a lot of sidewalk in front of me and i'm not sure what the social etiquette is regarding keeping that clean do i do the entire sidewalk from my house to the next house or do we split the difference i don't know I guess I'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, so winter's always a good time. In Erie, we get a lot of snow, for those of you who don't know. Um, makes it tough to really do anything outside. Uh, any projects that you want to do that you need to be outside to do them, you better do them now. Man, today it's going to be 60-something. Today would be your one of your last chance chances to do some outside stuff like i need to wash my car before i cover it for the the summer and um i i have a i have a nissan 350z and it's rear wheel drive and it just wouldn't go in the snow right so i got to cover it up for the summer and without fail almost every year i push it and push it and push it and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait right until it starts snowing and then i don't get to wash it and it sits in the garage dirty all year so this year is different i'm making a change I'm doing it different. I won't let the seasons tell me when I can wash my car or when I can't wash my car. They probably will. More than likely, it'll end up dirty in the garage for the whole winter, but that's okay. All right, so um, other than that, other than Halloween, this has been an awesome week. There are not too many weeks once you become an adult and you have to work 40 hours a week where you can just kind of say like, Dude, this was an awesome week. This was like a standout week. You know when you say that? You say that when you go on vacation. (laughs) But other than that, you almost never say that, right? You have highlights. You have your good moments every week. You have your fun stuff. And, you know, every week in general is good. I'm not complaining. every, Every week from week to week, I have relatively good weeks. But this week, you know, I would say is an awesome week. Which you can't say very often. So when you have that opportunity to say it's an awesome week, you better say it's an awesome week. Because I got a lot of fish stuff going on. I got video game stuff going on. I got work stuff going on that's working out well. First, the first good thing about this week is my boss is on vacation this week. Awesome. It's awesome. I don't have this, this undue overhead pressure to prioritize things that I don't think need to be prioritized (laughs) so that's nice that's great you know i I left the office an hour early the other day yeah took an extra half an hour for lunch just kind of did my thing don't get to do that very often but when the boss is out of out of the office you know you can balance your time a little bit better because to be honest with you there were other nights where i was working until seven or eight o'clock and, you know, when when people are looking at you and watching you and stuff, you leave an hour early, they go, huh, well, why are you leaving an hour early? They forget about the three hours that you worked after you were supposed to be done working the night before. So, yeah, when your boss is out, you can uh, ebb and flow a little bit. And it just makes life, uh, life a lot easier. So that's been really good. The other thing that's been good is um, I've been doing some good gaming this week. 
I've um, gotten through The Evil Within 2. I'm on the last chapter of the game. I've played the game for 17 freaking hours. Holy smokes. Game did not need to be that long. Chapter 3. There are people who like open world games and there are people who don't. I don't. And somebody thought it was a good idea to take The Evil Within, which was not an open world game. It's kind of like Resident Evil. And they decided to put open world parts in it. Gee, thanks. That's great. And, and the one of the main chapters in the game that is an open world chapter is chapter 3. And that chapter itself was 3 or 4 hours long. And there are 17 chapters. If you were to do the math, I've played 17 hours. I'm on chapter 17. It should be about an hour a chapter. So chapter 3 by itself was like 3 hours, or maybe even 4 hours, just because all of a sudden they dropped you into this gigantic open world, gave us some side quests, and there were a bunch of other things you could do, and I don't know. I don't know why they did that. But anyway, I'm about to finish that game. I'll probably finish it today, which I'm excited about. And um, played a little Rocket League this week with uh, my, my, my good friend, my very good friend, Actually, my best friend, I will say. My best friend who lives in Philadelphia. So that's kind of how we hang out. We play games on Xbox Live. And sometimes it doesn't work out because, you know, I've got other things going on. I'm trying to do aquarium stuff. Like, I'm trying to play single-player games. So sometimes I don't want to hop on and play multiplayer. But this week I did a good job of balancing it out. I played some Evil Within. And uh, me and my boy got to play some Rocket League. And we got to play some Gears of War. And we haven't played Gears of War together in quite a while. And we had a lot of fun. And um, I would say the most fun part about Gears of War is when you either smoke a bunch of clowns or you do something and you look like a moron and you get killed. (laughs) It's one or the other. It's one or the other. And I had these two moments in two games where I looked like I was playing with the controller upside down and uh, I got smoked. And one of the times it was by a CPU bot. And I saved the clip. And uh, my buddy watched it again. And he was watching it as it happened. But then he watched it again and I watched it again. We were dying. It was fun. It was great. That's why I love that game. That's why I love Gears of War. There's a lot of fun, funny moments in it. And uh, we always have a lot of fun with Rocket League. The first time we played Rocket League this week, we didn't have that great of a night mainly because I couldn't get my timing down for some reason. I was jumping for the balls way off. I was missing. And then last night when we played, we were crushing it. And I even called it before and I was like, "Dude, tonight we're crushing Rocket League. We're doing we're we're smoking these clowns." Oh, we lost a couple games, but we won we won a majority of the games, so that was fun too. So it's been a good week for work. It's been a good week for gaming, and now you know it. It's called the Fish Tank Guy podcast. It's been a good week for fishing. Aquarium stuff. It's been a good week. I'll let you guys know what's going on. The uh, the ten gallon tank is doing nice. Looks good. It actually doesn't look good now. I need to clean it again. It's been a solid two three weeks before I've cleaned it, so I gotta clean it. So I'll be doing that maybe this weekend. The five gallon tank. I will be finally filming the tank with coral in it. Spoiler alert: the coral is doing well. So that's awesome. I was a little concerned about the lighting in that tank, but um, it looks it looks nice. looks good. Now, 
Uh, BioCube's doing fine. No real updates. Uh, the only update I have about the BioCube is I kept walking by it and I was like, doesn't look like the, you know, there's a lot of flow in the tank. What the heck's going on? And I was just like ignoring it because I was busy. And and I finally stopped and took a look and I was like, dude, there's like almost nothing coming out of where the return pump is is pushing water into the tank. There's almost nothing there. So I opened the lid. There's almost no water going into the second chamber, spilling over into the second chamber. So obviously there's something wrong with the return pump. So I pull it out, and of course there's a huge ball of filter floss jammed into the the inlet of the return pump. So I pull that out, and hey, everything's good. And of course the filter floss was completely dirty and disgusting. So for the last however many weeks... All of the water in the tank has been flowing past that nasty filter floss that's filled with gook and being cycled back in. So no wonder I've been having a hard time keeping it clean. What a joke. I should have been pulling that out earlier. I don't know. So anyway, BioCube's good. 10 gallons good. 5 gallons good. Let's talk about it. The fish tank tower. The fish tank tower. I had a good night last night. You know why? I drilled my first tank successfully. And it went really well. And it was kind of fun. I had a good time doing it. Drilled the fish tank. Put my bulkheads in. Took a step back and went, dang, son. You did it. You did it. If I can do it, you guys can do it. If anybody's following along with that series, they're interested in drilling their tank out, you guys can do it. I did it. And uh, today, I hope that I will be filming uh, basically two videos. How to drill your aquarium on a budget. <laughs> those are my those are my general videos. How to drill your aquarium on a budget. I have a how to how to build a five gallon nano reef on a budget. Right. I have those are my on a budget series. So I'm going to film two videos. The one's going to be how to drill your aquarium on a budget, and the other one's just going to be um, drilling drilling the aquariums as a part of the fish tank tower playlist. So I'm probably going to reuse some video, you know, don't give me too much of uh, much of a hard time about it, but uh, so I'm going to be recording that a little bit later today, and the awesome thing about this segment of my build is that when I go online and I look up people drilling aquariums, they have this setup, they go, oh, you got to go outside, you got to run a garden hose on your drill bit so it stays cool. And, you know, I was looking at that, thinking to myself, well, it's cold and eerie now. I probably can't be outside doing this. You know, uh, this hose thing is not going to work. I'm not down with the this hose thing. It seems like it would be a mess. And, it, I mean, it kind of would be to run a hose the entire time you're drilling it because it, it takes a while to get through the glass. You can't put a ton of pressure on it because then you run run the risk of it breaking. And... Uh, there's a better way and I'm going to show you guys a better way and it's going to make the whole process way more accessible because essentially if you have a table or a counter you have some paper towels and a sponge and a spray bottle you can do this you can do it you don't need to go outside you don't need to run a water hose you don't need a drain in your basement or whatever other garbage you you would need if you were to do that inside. You can do this a lot easier. It's a lot more accessible, and it's kind of fun. By the time you're done, you're like, "Hey man, look at this! I drilled this tank. I didn't even have to pay anybody to do it. I didn't even have to buy it that way. It's 
pretty cool. So I'm going to be filming that uh, later today, hopefully. Get it on the YouTube universe in the next couple of days. Um, next good thing about the fish tank tower is that I'm pretty sure I have my ideas locked down for the three tank types. And I would like your guys' feedback on it. I know only five or six people listen to this thing. So for the five or six of you who are listening at this point, or for the one or two of you, or for the zero of you, since I'm basically just talking to myself, please let me know what you think about this idea. Um, I will talk about it on YouTube as well. I get a lot more views there. But you guys are hearing it first. You're the exclusive audience. So uh, my individual tank ideas came from, actually one of them came from a viewer. And the other one came from my brain. So the uh, and well the other two came from my brain. Um, the one, the one is the one that the first one that came from my brain is going to be a wife tank. Sounds weird. It's going to be a wife tank. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that I would like to have my wife help me choose out the rock and help me choose out choose the fish. And help me choose the coral. Now she is a total noob. She's helped me a little bit. She knows a little bit about coral and things like that. But I just thought it would be really interesting. To have someone put together a tank. Who has basically no fish keeping knowledge. right? And they do it based on what looks good. And what looks fun. And kind of what seems to be like a nice setup. And you know, basically whatever she chooses, I will try to accommodate. So if she picks something that's like, oh, this, that, that fish is kind of hard to keep. Well, I'm just going to try to do it. So the one tank is going to be a wife tank. She doesn't know that yet. So it might be a wife tank or it might not be. But we'll see. So that's the one idea. The second idea is an anemone tank. It's going to be an anemone tank with clownfish. And the nice thing about... And, you know, going with an exclusive anemone tank is that I believe most anemones get along well together. I already have two clownfish from my 10-gallon reef tank. They will move over into the fish tank tower. They will they will occupy a floor in the fish tank tower, maybe the presidential suite. Um, but we all will do an anemone tank. So we'll get a lot of colorful, fun anemones. They'll, you know, those clownfish will like to, you know, roll around in the anemones or whatever they do. And I think that'll be kind of fun. And then the third idea that came from my viewers uh, will be a seahorse tank. I have never kept seahorses before. I've reached out to my favorite local fish store and asked them if they could get them in, how much they would cost. That's a big part of it. And I have to do a little bit more research. But, uh, uh. Excuse me, but I think that'd be a cool idea. So the seahorses is uh, likely going to be a go as long as they aren't too expensive. So a lot of things happening there. I'm going to be drilling the other tanks. I'm going to be painting the back of the tanks. I'm going to talk to you about painting your fish tank on a budget. I'm going to do one of those, and then I'm also going to do painting the tanks as a part of the fish tank tower series. So those videos are going to be coming very soon. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Hopefully during the winter I'll have a little bit more time because I won't be outside doing stuff around the house quite as often. So there's that. All right, now 
for this week, in terms of the research question, I didn't do any research. I'll just be honest with you. I uh, just didn't have an opportunity. Uh, let's be honest. I, I probably did have an opportunity. I just chose to do other things with the time I had this week. You know, that gaming, drilling tanks, whatnot, work stuff, good work stuff. So uh, for this week, I, I'm going to keep the podcast short. I'm going to come in under a half an hour this week, I promise you guys. Every other week I've said that's been like 45 minutes. This week is uh, going to be under half an hour, and that's just because I'm going to answer two questions that I got via YouTube, and then I'm going to give you guys the fish of the week, and then we're going to get out of here. All right? Okay. So the first question that I've gotten, I've gotten many times. It's very controversial, so I'm just going to give you guys my take on it, and you can do with it what you will. Some people will disagree with me, and that's fine. All right. Do you think a nano saltwater tank would be a good intro to saltwater for someone who has kept nano or larger freshwater tanks so this is a little bit different of an approach some people have asked me the question outright like oh would this be a good way for me to try keeping a saltwater tank i've never had any fish before right um the answer for them might be a little bit different but i don't think it's that much different than somebody who has kept freshwater tanks because in my experience freshwater tanks are so much easier to keep you can basically ignore them and they will look pretty good as long as you feed the feed the fish and clean them every few months they look pretty good so my answer for this is it depends and unfortunately in the fish tank hobby a lot of the choices that you make when setting up your aquarium a lot of um, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of things you have to account for, like disease and water changes and also, it all depends. Like that's the tricky thing about it, right? I really try to give a, a streamlined, simple answer to a lot of my questions. I try to make things easy for my viewers on YouTube to show them like a simple, straightforward way. And, and some people give me a hard time and say like, dude, why did you... This is what I'm going through with my my new drilling on a budget here. They go, dude, why did you talk about like all the stuff you bought for the build for like five minutes and then you started the build? Why didn't you just do them all together? Well, for me, the way I look at it is that um, you know a lot of people who are watching these videos, they don't have any of this stuff, right? And if I was trying to do something and I needed materials. You know, I would want them to show me all the materials I needed up front. I can watch the first two or three minutes of the video. I can see everything that I need. It's not intermixed with steps in the process and, oh, okay, now we're moving on to this step. For this step, you need this, this, and this. Well, they'd have to watch the whole video and it'd be kind of confusing. So that's why I front load those types of videos with the the supplies and the things you'll need, right? People give me a hard time about that. But... I feel that's necessary for somebody who's new and trying trying this out for the first time. So, again, it all depends on your personal preference, but for someone who has kept freshwater tanks before, this is what I would this these are some of the questions I would ask them um, before I gave them advice and and told them that they could try a nano saltwater tank. I would say um, A, what size aquarium? What size is your aquarium? B, how many fish do you have in it? And C, do you ever do water changes? 
because there are a lot of people who have freshwater tanks that are like water changes. Wait, I mean, maybe, yeah, like maybe once a year I'll do a water change. Like, I, honestly, I don't do very much with it, right? There are, there are the people who are like very active with their freshwater tanks, and they're very, there are people who are very like passive. Like, it's there. Um, I keep the fish alive, and that that's all. Most of the time it doesn't look great, and I'll clean it every now and then, but the fish are all alive still. So for someone who looks at fish keeping from that perspective, I would say a nano saltwater tank would not be the best idea for them. Now, if they were pretty active with their freshwater tank and they said, oh yeah, I do a water change once a month, and, you know, I have a test kit and I test my levels to make sure everything is good and I haven't lost any fish in quite a while, then yeah, then, then maybe a nano saltwater tank would be fine for that person. But if they're pretty lax about it, I would say no. Um, it also depends on your personality and how interested you are in it. If you are seeking out YouTube videos, I mean, this is just kind of my personal opinion about anything, right? If you are actively seeking out information about something, it could be any hobby. If you are seeking out information about it, that means that you're interested in it. That means you're interested in it in enough, you're interested enough that you want to do it the right way. If you're going out there and you're trying to look up videos, you're trying to see how other people do it, that means that you want to do it the right way. So if you're on YouTube and you're looking up these tanks and you're trying to learn about them and things like that, you'll probably do fine with a nano saltwater tank. If you are somebody's neighbor and you go, oh, yeah, I kind of like fish. It'd be cool to have a tank, I guess, right? If that was how you looked at it and you're like, oh, maybe I'll go to Petco and like pick up one and, and see what I need to get for it. If that was your mentality and that was how your attitude towards it, it's probably not for you, right? If you're passionate about it, and you think it's fun, you think it's a good challenge, and you're actively seeking information about it, yeah, go for it. Try to keep a nano nano tank. I would say 10 or higher. I wouldn't do any lower than 10. Fives are pretty tough. I'll be honest with you. Fives are tough. Only because you have to change the water quite frequently. If you have that bandwidth, go for it, right? If you don't, don't, don't do it. Personally, I would say the ultimate tank for somebody to start on as a beginner would be like an all-in-one like the BioCube. Like that was the perfect beginner tank for me. It was a medium-sized tank. It didn't require a ton of maintenance, but uh, it was small enough that I could keep up with it. You know, a lot of people say, oh, if you do salt, salt water, start with 55s. Get the frick out of here, man. 55s. First time I went to Petco, they told me that if I was going to have a Fresh water, or salt water tank that it needed to be 50 I should do 55 gallons or higher and I was like uh yeah not gonna do that I guess I won't have a salt water tank right and then I walked out of the store <laughs> I mean not like in a huff right but but I just walked out of there with the attitude of eh, I just guess I won't do one right so that's why I have my my channel because there's a lot there are a lot of misconceptions and it's basically like just you know it's all about your attitude towards it. If it's something you're interested in and you want to pursue it and you want to do it the right way, yeah, you. I mean, it's just like anything, right? You'll put effort into things you care about. If you don't really care about it, if it's just kind of like, ah, oh, it might be a nice thing to have, 
then it's probably not for you, right? Okay, that question was a little bit long. All right, next question. Somebody asked me this about a 10-gallon tank, I think, or a 5-gallon tank. I want to say it was a I want to say it was a 10 gallon tank. They asked me, are protein skimmers and wave makers really necessary? No, they're not. You don't need them. On larger tanks, protein skimmer, yeah. Wave maker, still not really. I mean, you have to understand that there are different levels of involvement with the hobby, right? Some people like to try to simulate the ocean to a T. Right, so they have these expensive wave maker pumps, and they have uh, the, this 24-hour lighting cycle that re- you know represents the moon and darkness and dust till dawn and all this other stuff. You don't need to do all that. I mean, you can if you want, you know, but they're not necessary, especially for smaller tanks. Protein skimmers and wave makers are not necessary at all. Smaller tanks, uh, it's called you know, put a Coralia pump, you know, put a Coralia powerhead in your tank and change out the water once once every week or two. <laughs> That's it. You don't need protein skimmers. All right. Okay. Oh my goodness. 29 minutes. I'm not going to make it under 30, guys. I'm sorry. I went I went too long. All right. Fish of the week. Maybe I'll make it. Fish of the week. Blue green reef chromis. All right. Minimum tank size 30 gallons. And it can be 10. Care level easy, temperament peaceful. Reef compatible, yes. Max size, four inches. Okay, I'll give you the overview here. I got 30 seconds. I'm not going to make it. I don't want to rush through it. I want to give the green, blue-green reef chromis its its rightful time as fish of the week. You only are fish of the week once on a podcast on the internet that only five people listen to. <laughs> This is only going to happen once for this blue green reef chromis, all right? So I don't want to I don't want to rush it. But I'll finish under 35 minutes at least. Okay. Here we go. We're going to get I'll give you the overview. I'll throw in my little commentary here or there and then we'll sign out for the week. Okay. The blue green reef chromis is easy to care for, beautiful and peaceful. In fact, chromis vindis is one of the preferred marine reef fish among aquarists regardless of their experience level um the blue green reef chromis is desirable not only for its beauty but also for its peaceful demeanor and ability to be kept with almost all other community fish invertebrates and corals uh native to something or rather in the home aquarium the blue 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 green reef chromis does best in similar environments that will actively swim oh and and will actively swim at all levels of the aquarium water column in fact small schools of the blue green reef chromis add a dazzling and dy- dynamic it's not dynamics dramatic i can read i really can i just i don't know and dramatic shimmer of beauty to almost any well-established reef system here's the reason why i picked the blue green reef chromis for week uh for fish of the week <laughs> not only are we talking about beginner well maybe mainly because we're talking about beginners right overall a blue green reef chromis is very hardy and can live between 8 to 15 years gosh dang in aquariums that's longer than some hamsters with excellent water quality for best care feed several times throughout the day with a varied diet of meaty foods herbivore flakes and frozen preparations several times a day 
good luck with that. All right. Um, let's see. Some Aquarius have successfully bred the blue-green reef in the home aquarium. Don't need any of that. Small half inch to one inch, medium one to two, large two to three. Um, I had a blue-green reef chromis. His name was Jerry. Poor Jerry passed away. That was not Jerry's fault. That was my fault because I'm a moron. No, not really. I just didn't do a good job of feeding him. I didn't do a good job of feeding him at that time. And he was like kind of timid. So when I did feed him, the other fish would like get in there and be like, Yo, the giant's hand that brings the food is feeding us once for the first time this week. We need to eat all this, right? And Jerry would be like stuck in the background like, Oh, can I can I get it? Can I? Oh, can I have that piece out? Oh, no, you're going to. Okay, you're going to take that one. Um. Okay, I'm just going to wait here. Oh, there's another one. Can I help? Oh, all right, you're going to take that one too. Okay. Um, and Jerry would get like one piece of food. I felt bad for Jerry. I might get another Jerry sometime. Then I'll call him Larry. <laughs> all right. Okay, 33 minutes. I did not bad today. All right, once again, I'm the Fish Tank Guy. Thank you so much for checking out this week's fish tank guy podcast hopefully you found it entertaining a little bit hopefully you learned some stuff hopefully you um passed the time i don't know i i just want to lower my expectations a little bit more hopefully this was better than sitting in silence (laughs) all right so uh thank you guys so much hopefully i'll be back in a couple weeks with some cool updates on the tank, another fish of the week. And um, I'll try to do my research to give you guys a good topic to talk about. So, all right. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one. Later on. Bye-bye. Uh, peace out. 10-4. Niner. All right. See you.